Hey everyone, welcome to the third episode of the Holding Court Podcast. I consider myself pretty much a pro at this point. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, despite it being the fourth week of this quarantine. I actually have my very first Holding Court guest today. Pretty excited about that. She's going to come on and help explain the process of how the Dream Center is stepping up to help those in need. After that, I think I'll go uh, grab my husband off the couch and see if he doesn't want to join me for the second half. Uh, love it or hate it, we've got a very weird update on Netflix Tiger King. Uh, we'll explain that in a little bit. And then I'm going to have Justin talk about his recent comments about adding a home run derby this season and the reaction he got from all that. But yeah, we'll fill you in on everything we are doing to stay sane during all of this. Um, just kind of wanted to say when I started dreaming of this podcast, um, I expected to be interviewing people in person. Uh, I wanted to have some of my fellow baseball wives on here, all of that. Um, but when we set the show up three weeks ago, I just knew it was kind of going to look a little different. Um, it's actually been nice to be able to showcase uh, all the work of our foundation and people in the community. And I know that everything feels kind of heavy right now. Um, Hopefully this show is able to distract you from whatever you're going through. And I hope that we'll be laughing through the entire show um, in the coming months. Uh, <laughs> I do like that we've been able to show people stepping up in the community, though. And, you know, I like the idea of being able to continue to showcase those everyday heroes. And speaking of everyday heroes, I want to introduce my first guest. Uh, she's joining us over the phone. I want to welcome Caitlin Terry, our Disneyland fanatic, the best dog sitter in the world to my dog, Moonshine, and the first ever guest on the HK podcast. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Court. You guys like that little uh, sound I tried out there? All right. So before we get into the real reason you're on the show, I just have to ask you, since you are my Disneyland expert, have they stopped charging yeah. you for your annual passport yet? They have. Okay. Um, I I think my billing date's April 1st. And so I went and checked and they didn't charge me. And so I was like, that's weird. And then that's when all the articles came out. So yeah, they did stop charging me. But I'm kind of confused by it all. But I think it'll all work out in the end. So. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah, I saw some of the yeah. articles too. So I just wanted to check in. All right. So Justin, sure. <laughs> Justin and I have been supporting the Dream Center um, with their relief right now. And obviously we're not there to experience the day in and day out. So I wanted to bring someone on uh, that's been really in the thick of it to try to help us paint a picture um, for people that may be in need or that, you know, have the ability to support. So I guess just to start us off, tell us what your typical role is at the Dream Center before all of this started. Yeah, of course. So I work with uh, the Dream Center Leadership School. So it's a nine-month program where kids or young adults, I should say, uh, that are 18 to 25 can come out and serve alongside of the Dream Center for nine months um, and really just kind of figure out who they are as a human. So for, you know, the first time they are away from home, away from their parents, and they really get to decide, like, hey, who am I and who am I going to be in this world and kind of learn how to be responsible for themselves and, and make a difference in the city. So I help pour into the girls. Um, so I help mentor them and disciple them while they're here and just get to plan fun events and things like for them. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. And we so appreciate everything you're doing there. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Dream Center, they have so many programs going on at all times. So I definitely encourage you to check it out. And then, Caitlin Holling, have you been there? I have been here at the Dream Center for six and a half years. I came out in September of 2013. Oh, wow. So you are a pro at this point. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. All right. So with all of the relief, so kind of help paint the picture of that first day or how the idea was presented to you and how you got on board with actually um, being out there and serving meals to everyone. Yeah. So one thing that I love about the Dream Center is whenever there's a need, we just jump right in. And so that's literally how it was presented of, hey, this is what we're doing. If you want to help, cool. If not, cool. But this is what we're doing. So moving forward, things are going to look a little different, but you know, just hang in there and we're going to kind of all figure it out together. And so there was no like, Hey, like who wants to volunteer? Who wants to help? It was literally like we all just showed up on the blacktop or a parking lot area and just said like, Hey, where do you need me? Like, I remember I walked up there and saw that people were really confused on where to go. So I just started flagging people in because they had no idea how the drive-thru worked or anything like that. So it's literally just like a, Hey, we're just going to do this. And yeah, it's kind of gone off from there. So it's been really cool to see how much it's it's evolved since the beginning. Um, Now it's way more like structured and how we do volunteers and things like that. But very much at first, it was just like a, hey, we're doing this. So if you want to help, come on. (laughs) I like that. Okay, so walk us through when someone pulls up to get their meal, what does that look like? Yeah, so... Pretty much there's somebody at the entrance to kind of help direct you. You know, if people have questions, they can ask there. But there's just people along the way directing you how to get to the drive-thru, which is kind of in front of the Dream Center sign. Um, But once you reach that, like, parking lot area, there's somebody there to ask you how many meals that you need. Um, So depending on if everybody's in the car, if you have people at home, um, people will say anywhere from one to 15 sometimes. Um, and so from there, they drive around to the other side of the parking lot where there's tents and that person calls out to the other people like, Hey, this card needs seven meals. Um, so from there, while they're driving around, we get, um, the hot meal, which comes in like a styrofoam box. And then there's a bag that has fruit, drink and utensils and sometimes like other snacks. Um, we get that per person or however many numbers that they say. Um, and then PM or Pastor Matthew, he has this bonus table, as he likes to call it. So depending on what he has on the bonus table, you may get like a box of macaroni and cheese or toilet paper, things like that. Um, so as they pull around, we're loading their car with the bonus table stuff, bags of fruit. Um, so we get like apples and oranges and bananas donated. So we'll put five or six of those in a bag put that in your car and then put in the hot meals and the essential bag to go with it. Um, and then from there, people will tell us if they need diapers. Um, so depending if we have their size, we give them diapers and baby wipes. Um, so it's really cool just to see how different it is every day and how different it is from car to car. Yeah. I love how throughout all the days and you guys have been doing this, I think 21 days now. Yeah, we're on day 21. Yeah, so you guys have really fine-tuned it and got, you know, everything down to the system where you make sure that you're adhering to the guidelines that are put in place. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, so how long is the shift um, typically for you? I know you're doing it, you know, this is going on seven days a week. So what does your shift typically look like? 
Yeah. So they try to split it up pretty evenly. Um, so they'll you either start at seven in the morning so you can help load things up because we start at seven thirty and go to six thirty. Um, so the first shift is from seven thirty um, to one o'clock. Um, that way, that lunch period time because that lunch is our busiest time out of anything. So we have extra people there just to help kind of fill in any gaps or if we need extra people flagging or you know, they're having trouble with bagging stuff in the back, like we can throw them in and say like, Hey, just for a few minutes, can you do this? Um, and then the second shift jumps in at 1230 and goes to seven so they can help tear down and and do things like that. So there's a little bit of an overlap, but I personally, um, show up at about 1030. And so I'm there to kind of help relieve people so they can have like a 30 minute break or however long of a break they want to take. Um, that way, like once that lunch rush comes, like we're all there, nobody needs to take a break and we're just all ready to go. That's awesome. You're a trooper. And then I know there's also a program where you guys are able to deliver meals to, um, people that aren't able to come down to the dream center as well. I've seen some of that on social, which is incredible. Yeah. So a lot of our, um, outreach ministries have really partnered with people that we already knew. Um, and what I think is crazy about all this is how amazed people are that we do this, but this is something that the Dream Center does every single day, multiple times a day. So it's just kind of more so like vamped up from our everyday life. And so we already know like a lot of seniors that need help and things like that. So, you know, we take these meals, um, you know, all the things that have been donated and we make sandwiches for them and little hygiene kits and things and whatever we can, we have that can help them we go out, knock on their doors, give them the meals and, and, you know, this list is ever growing of people that we're delivering to. Um, so it's really cool to see how that's taken off and, and how much joy that we can bring to them, you know, because they're not supposed to come outside and so they don't get to see loved ones as much and they don't get to have that human interaction. So it's something that I know that our team looks forward to and that they look forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So do you have any, stories you can share, maybe people that have come through the line that, um, has kind of stayed with you maybe when your shift is done at the end of the day that you're just thinking, wow, that was incredible what we're doing. Um, I mean, how long are you going to give me? Because (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every day there's so many stories and it's, it's so much throughout the day. And, and at first it was, it was cool just to see people come in and, you know, they're telling us like, oh, I have three kids. Here's their school IDs you know, things like that. And we're like, Hey, we, we believe you. Like we don't, we don't need to see, you know, this child's ID and, you know, we're going to give you like, do you need a meal? And people are so shocked at like, I thought you were just doing this for the kids. And it's like, yeah, but you matter too. Like you as a parent, if you're not being taken care of, you can't take care of your kids. So how many meals can I add to that number? Um, and they're just shocked. And it's like, Hey, no, we're here to take care of our community. Um, so seeing that kind of, shock on their face of just like oh okay like this this is a relief um I mean there's been people from the beginning that you know come to us and they're like hey like I didn't know how I was gonna put you know dinner on the table tonight or hey you know because of the diapers that I was given like this is one less thing I have to worry about um and what I think is really cool is we've seen the progression of people that have come through the line and they have been receiving from us but now they're starting to give back like there's this sweet older lady I wish I knew her name but 
she never stops long enough for us to talk to her. But every time that she comes through the line, she donates money. So one time it was $20, one time it was $5, one time it was like $2, but every time she comes through, she gives something. Um, and everybody that comes through the line, like they, their kids will write us like thank you cards. And, um, like this one little girl, she drew a picture and she gave $20 and there's a video of it on our Instagram, but she said like, Hey, I know that this is not very much, but I give it with my whole heart. And just like stories like that. And, um, Brian, our friend, um, he came through and donated like six boxes of diapers one day. And it was, it's just cool to see that, you know, we're not doing this on our own. Like we are a community and a community like fights for each other. And there was, I think the biggest story that I, you know, carry with me is there's this one older woman and she came through the line. She couldn't speak any any English, like all she could tell us, like was put up two fingers for two meals. And so we waved her through and like the things that we had on the line that day were like a pineapple and a bag of beans. And the first person put that in her car and she just lost it. And like, you think about that and that's one thing of pineapple and a bag of beans. And so we were telling her to like pull forward. And by the time she reached, you know, where I was, I was handing out the bags. She just was sobbing and so we're putting the hot meals in our box and, and she just keeps like saying like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, Hey, wait, there's more that we have more for you. And I think it's, it's so cool to see people that think like, Hey, I'm just getting like one simple thing, but no, we like load their car with things. You know, we want to, you know, instill peace in them that this is something that they don't have to worry about that we're here and you know, we've got their back. So there's so many so many more stories and, and, you know, things that we could say. And, um, but I think each day we all carry something like different and we all like walk away with something different. So if you were to ask somebody else this question, they would tell you about something they got to interact with. So I think we're all just being touched, you know, by all of this throughout the whole time that we're on the line. Yeah. And I feel like if you guys don't already follow the dream center on Instagram, I encourage you to do They're sharing um, videos of all of everything that they're always doing. But through this, they're sharing different people's stories and their reactions coming through the line and different restaurants that are stepping up and donating meals. So it's really cool to check out. And I feel like that has to help you keep so much energy, just knowing the impact that you're making throughout the day. And that's what we love about the Dream Center. I feel like there's organizations where you can donate money and you know you're donating it to the right cause and your heart's in the right place with the dream center you see everything in action and sometimes almost immediately someone drives mm -hmm. through and they donate diapers and that's going maybe in the next person's car that has that need so you really get to see it in play almost immediately yeah and what I think is cool is um oh another story I'll tell you is this uh woman came through and she had made homemade Swedish cinnamon rolls and she takes out this big bin and she's like, I could only make 300. All the stores are out of flour. Like, <laughs> only 300. <laughs> only 300. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's so many. And so she's like, I wish I had more flour to, you know, make more and make more things. And I said, don't leave. I'm going to make a phone call. So I called our friend Jake, love Jake. And I said, Hey, random question, but do we have any bags of flour? Like, none of the kitchen needs just kind of extra laying around stuff. And he's like, let me look. And so he comes out and brings eight bags of flour, like big bags of flour. And somebody was like, okay, cool. We're going to put that on the line. And I said, no, you're not. 
And I literally <laughs> picked it up and ran over to her car and I said, is this enough flour for you? And she goes, are you kidding me? And I said, yes, like you are helping us and we want to help you. So if this comes back in another form, that's all that we care about. And she's come back like three or four times, like bringing that same amount, if not more. And it's cool because that's one of the things that they started giving out to the seniors as like a little, as a little treat. So it's just cool to see how it, how it all comes together. And I think we all get really excited when we see somebody come through and, you know, they're excited about giving us a card or they're excited about donating. And, you know, we've made friends through all of this. So it's, you know, it's sad to see people have to come through so regularly, but we get excited because we get to build those relationships so that when all of this is over, like it doesn't stop with here. Like we are all a community, like I keep saying, and we're all here for each other. So no matter what happens on the other side of this, like we're in it together and it's cool to see that and and to see people kind of step up and, and they get excited to see us and we get excited to see them. And so I think that that's probably the part that gives us the most energy through it all is like, Hey, like there's so much more that's happening than us just giving them food. Yeah. And it is sad that sometimes it takes something like this to, you know, bring, this out and everyone, but it is that good that we can focus on that's coming out of this. Um, oh, for sure. But I do have to ask if you're worried at all, you're interacting with so many people throughout the day, um, and how you're working to make sure you stay healthy through all of this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everybody kind of has a fear of catching this at some point. Like, um, I went to target the other day and everybody's kind of looking at each other, like, do you have it? Do you have it? Um, but I think as long as, you know, we're doing what's asked of us and, you know, we're wearing gloves and masks while we're serving or preparing meals or putting the bags together, things like that. And, you know, we're staying six feet away from each other. We're not touching anybody. Like the dream center loves to hug people and give high fives. And so that's been like oh, yeah. the hardest thing is like, <laughs> we want, we want to give you a high five when you come through the line, but it's like, we can't, so we're going to give you an elbow bump. Um, but I think, you know, <laughs> We're, we're doing all that we can and, you know, like I said, what's being asked of us by, you know, our government and our officials and, and all that. But I think really what it comes down to is are we going to let the fear of an unknown, you know, keep us from the joy that, you know, we all have and, and we should carry with us each day. And so I think, you know, it is kind of all in the back of our minds that it's not something that we live in fear of or we let limit what we want to do or what we feel like we're called to do or asked to do. So, yeah, I mean, if it happens, it happens and, you know, we're going to take it one day at a time, but I think it's just, we got to live for what's happening today. And so today it's like, we're happy and healthy. So we're going to keep this thing going. And, you know, as, as things change, we change. Like I remember I was up on the line when they released the mandate of groups of 10 or less. And they literally like pointed at people and said like, you, 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 and you need to leave. Like we like appreciate you coming to serve, but we have to have less than 10 people. And so we're doing all that we can. And a lot of the people that come through the line, they have masks on, they have gloves on. So it's like, we're all just trying to do our best and try to help each other. So. Yeah. Well, not all heroes wear capes. Uh, some of them wear masks and gloves and this is true. This hand is true. sanitizer. 
So yeah, uh, I know I, it's I bathe in that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's tough because a lot of people have asked us how they can volunteer, and obviously with yeah. all the mandates in place, that's not an option right now. It will definitely be yeah. in the future, and we'll let people know yeah. when all of that is available. But people that want to get involved and are able to help, they can make a donation at dreamcenter.org, or if they just want to learn more about all the programs that are in place. And then as you mentioned, drive up donations of essentials. Um, Mm -hmm. So you mentioned diapers. um, I guess really anything that someone would deem essential would be taken by you guys through the line. Yeah. So pretty much we're taking everything except for clothes. Um, We do have a thrift store and a clothing ministry on campus, but that has been closed down for now. So that's one thing that we're not asking for is clothes. Um, But yeah, diapers, we always need sizes four, five, and six. Those are the most common ones that we're asked for um, and always wipes. Anytime that we um, have somebody that comes to the line, we make sure that their child is in the car. Um, and so we give them a pack of diapers and a pack of wipes to go with it. Um, but yeah, diapers, wipes, um, any fun things. Like people have been starting to donate toys so we can give out toys to the kids as they come through. So it's another thing for them to be like excited about and look forward to. Um, but yeah, people have dropped off ramen noodles, toilet paper, um, Lysol wipes, like you name it. And a lot of times, like whatever is given to us, we literally put it on a table and immediately start handing it out. So, you know, it's one of those things like we're not like harboring it. We're not holding on to it. Like whatever you give to us is immediately going back out into the community. So, yeah, we will take pretty much anything that you, you give us um, because, I mean, anything that we can do to help these people and to make them, like, worry just a little bit less is, is our goal. Yeah. And then so I want to remind everyone the address, 2301 Bellevue Avenue here in L.A., and you guys are 7.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. seven days a week. Is that correct? Seven, seven days a week, yeah. So no matter if it's raining or the sun is out, like we, we are out there. So don't let weather stop you or anything like that. And, um, yeah, we're there with, you can't see our smiles, but we have smiles on our faces. (laughs) Um, and we're there just to kind of have a good time and, and to, you know, spread a little joy when fear and, and unknown is kind of the ruling emotion and feeling. So, yeah. I love that. And then do we have a count for how many meals you guys have done so far? Yeah. So I don't have exact, but I have a rough amount, but we have done nearly 200,000 meals. Wow. Since day one. That's amazing. You guys are incredible. insane. Yeah. Yeah. We just are blown away by all of this. And, you know, obviously Justin and I are, you know, partnering with restaurants and trying to support, Mm -hmm. but we're not even covering a fraction of what you guys are doing every day up there. So yeah, definitely visit the website if you're able to help or bring in those drive up donations. And yeah, once again, Caitlin, thank you so much for helping us paint a picture of this and give everyone an idea of how you guys are up there um, making this a little easier on people right now in this tough time. So thank you so much. And thank you for being my first guest. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so honored. Like when you asked me, I was like, are you kidding me? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So no, I loved it. And I just want to say thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Like, um, there was a lady that came through the line and she goes, where's this pasta from? And she named the restaurant and we were like, you are right. You are a frequent customer. So that was kind of fun (laughs) to see. So, but it's, it's been cool for us because we've, 
you know, been building relationships with those people that have come through too. So, you know, when baby blues comes through, we're just like, Hey, good to see you again. And, and you know, when the guys bring tacos, like they stay and hang out for a little bit. And so, you know, it's just kind of cool to see like what all is coming out of this, but just want to say thank you to you guys for all you guys have done. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. You're so welcome. You are star and we appreciate you and we will hopefully see you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Caitlin. Of course. All right. That was Caitlin Terry from the Dream Center. As you guys could hear, they're doing incredible things in our community and we definitely value our partnership with them so much. Speaking of partnerships, are you guys missing Justin? Pretty proud of myself for carrying this torch on my own so far, but let's get Justin on this mic so I don't have to talk to myself for the rest of the show and then I can grill him about that home run derby idea. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hi, wow. Justin. You get a walk-up song. Week three, and you're giving me the intro music? I am. I'm just that kind of a host. I'm generous and thoughtful. Everyone loved that one. That, that was one, a good one. Yeah. Everyone asked for it every year. It's good. They do it sometimes, like in the late innings. To They play like the extended cut. Sometimes I text DJ Severe. When I'm in a slump and I'm like, dude, take me back. <laughs> when? Take me back to turn down for what? Oh, man. So you text him in April only? <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good in April. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we don't have to worry about that this year. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. All right. I wanted to get into talking actually about WrestleMania. WrestleMania 36 um, was this last Saturday and Sunday in Orlando at their performance center. It was a little weird. Um, it was the first time they've ever taped it before. So it was not filmed in front of their live audience uh, without all the fan interaction. Goldberg was there. Big, hey boy. Big, well, it was my brother's boy. He had that, that streak back in the day. I think it was like 143 matches undefeated until that bootleg taser incident where they made him take the loss and the streak was over, but not to get into that. Um, big, big WWE fan, huh? <laughs> no, my brother loved him. Um, Undertaker was there. Um, yeah. Yes. All the old, uh, old school. This was an old school WrestleMania. Yeah. But no spoilers if you haven't watched it yet or streamed it, but, um, it felt weird. Like, obviously you realize fans are a huge part of, of sports in general. I feel like WWE especially because they're there. They're, I mean, they're right there in it and they've got their signs and everyone knows every, I mean, I, I don't know if you, we've been to them. The signs make the show. Yeah, honestly. And I've been to a bunch of them and it's like, it's unreal. Like you, these people are super fans. Like I'm not on that level, but there are people, I mean, they know everything about these guys and they're so involved in it. It felt like something was broken. Like it was like, Oh, someone forgot to turn the sound on. Like it felt eerie, but it was seemingly not, I mean, not live, but it was a sporting event that we can watch on TV. Listen, I mean, we feed off the energy from the fans and there's that's there's a, such a thing as a home field advantage in baseball and that's because you, you get to play in front of your home fans and and people cheer for you when you go up or when you do something good or when you get a hit or when you make a nice play or as a pitcher you strike someone out and when you're on the road you don't get that luxury so 
as baseball players, we feed off fans. In the WWE, that's like their lifeline, yeah. right? Like, I'm thinking about like when a guy's down on the mat and he's getting choked out from behind and he starts to, you know, kind of fall asleep and then the tra- the crowd starts cheering and getting into it and making more noise and then the guy starts slowly waking up, right? Because the, the crowd's cheering, like that that's not there anymore. It wasn't planned. It was solely based off the cheer of the crowd is how he was well, woken up from his slumber. Yeah. I mean, he, he was in a sleeper hold and he was about to go to sleep and then the fans woke him up. That's how yeah. I used to watch it and, and think. So yeah. uh, it's just weird. It's just a, a weird time. Obviously, it's really cool that they're they're still doing it and they're finding ways to, um, you know, still have WrestleMania and, and, you know, without the fans, it does make it tough because the fans are such a huge part of everything that we do in every sport. And... WrestleMania, WWE included. I mean, the fans are huge. The fans are what make us go. They what they're what make us tick. They're what make us feel good about ourselves and and the job that we're doing on the field. I know. I think about my show choir days and the hundred and twenty people we had in the auditorium for our performances. I mean, that's who you're performing to. It's obviously very comparable to your fifty thousand plus screaming fans. <laughs> Well, it is though. You is think about the adrenaline. Performing, think about it's raining men in the talent show. I mean, I I don't know how I would have done that to an empty. At crowd. how old? At how old? <laughs> High school. Uh huh. Whatever. But yeah. I, but do you think that fans would be willing to have that as their temporary reality in exchange for being able to see sports? As long as they get to watch it on TV, I think if. We played with no fans and we watched it on TV like or the fans got to watch it on TV. I think that would be, uh, you know, something because right now there's nothing and we're getting to the point in, uh, you know, regular TV and in shows where there's nothing to be played because they can't film anything right now. Right. So uh, I, I think it would work for baseball as long as the games are televised and, and fans will get to sit at home and look forward to, uh, you know, a Dodger game to watch every single day. Yeah. There are only so many episodes of the mass singer left and <laughs> Lego, then, Lego masters. I know, but we're approaching the finale and then what do we do? So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think I would accept whatever was given to me <laughs> in terms of sports, especially baseball. Um, I know we mentioned before that it has kind of a way to bring people together and has kind of this healing factor of it. So, I mean, I definitely think that fans would agree as long as it's done safely and, and everything's right. I think it's definitely worth it. I mean, you can only go back and watch so many reruns or replays of games too, you know, it, they're fun to go back and watch and relive and, and whatnot, but you want to see something live. I think fans want to see something live. So, yeah, it is sad to watch the games that come on from the past seasons. It makes me a little nostalgic and makes me definitely long for the season to start. But, um, speaking of television, other television, I know we talked about Tiger King. I know everyone, I feel like, might be at that point where I don't know if they're over it, but they're just like, okay, Tiger King, we get it. But something interesting kind of culminated in the last 48 hours with us. Um, do you want to, Justin, kind of explain what 
what you did, what you created, this media frenzy that you created and how that happened? Well, I don't know if I necessarily did it. Uh, one of, one <laughs> of our friends thought she would be funny after listening to last week's episode and we talked about Tiger King and, and how into it we were and uh, just how crazy the whole thing was. Um, she thought it'd be funny to go on Cameo and uh, order a, a Cameo from Jeff Lowe. Um, so Cameo is this app where you can pick, I don't know if everyone's on it, but a lot of like, athletes, celebrities are on it. I somehow ended up on it. I think you can book me for two dollars to send a video to you're you. on it i don't know how but i like i've got like a request before i think honestly it's think like a dollar hacked. so if you want to pay me a dollar i'll send a birthday message to your kid but cameo is an app where you can um book essentially talent for to make like a little instagram shout out video so you can kind of give the text of what you want them to say if you want to say like happy 10th birthday so and so i actually talked about this on the big swing podcast when I did one of these as a joke for fantasy football, but yeah. Strip. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So continue cameo. So anyways, Christy thought it would be funny to, uh, order this cameo from Jeff Lowe. Um, she said that court and I were really big fans and we love the show. And so sure enough, we, we get this, we wake up and we get this cameo video from Jeff Lowe and he's, basically telling us that we need to get a life and we wasted seven hours of our life watching their show on Netflix. But he also <laughs> dropped a little sprinkle of insider <laughs> scoop. <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of dropped the, I don't even know how to describe it. He kind of dropped, dropped a bomb on us. He, oh, yeah. uh, he said that Netflix is doing one more episode of the tiger King and, uh, they're going to be airing it this week actually. Yeah, well, so, he said they were filming, I think, yeah, he said tomorrow, so it would have been, yeah, they filmed, I think, today with them. And, and the content. it's going to be dropping on Netflix this week. I don't know what day yet. Or he could be lying because it's Jeff Lowe. He could be lying. He also thinks that- I don't trust Jeff Lowe. We're a fan of his. I think he misinterpreted that we are fans of the show, and then when you posted it on social media, people were like, how could you like that guy? It's like, no one enjoys him or his affliction- jacket that he's wearing <laughs> but so it kind of so flash forward to what like an hour later well i posted on twitter i i was like oh my gosh there's gonna be another episode of tiger king i gotta announce this but i don't think you knew that like it hadn't been meant maybe like did you know that no one knew this i don't know i was just so excited to get <laughs> one more episode because i <laughs> talked about it on here how they left us hanging we have no idea what's going on who's what who's where and I wanted more and now we're getting more. So I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm going to tweet this. And <laughs> little did I know that apparently uh, from Jeff Lowe's account to me, to Twitter, it got broke that uh, they're airing another episode of Tiger King. So yeah, it ended up on like E! News, TMZ, Esquire, Esquire all yeah. these. I honestly don't. I mean, obviously Jeff didn't know that Justin and Courtney that he was making cameo for were not just Justin and Courtney from like Billings, Montana. I don't think he realized that hey, you... I played in Billings, Montana. <laughs> easy there. I, hey, all the love for Billings. But I don't think he realized that he was making a cameo for someone that had a social media following. But 
when I was talking about this with Christy, she was like, well, even if someone with 20 followers posted that and it gets picked up or the hashtag is seen or whatever. It's going to grow. Yeah. So like I was obviously, I don't know if he violated some NDA or whatever he had going on, but he clearly wasn't trying to hide the fact that there was a new episode. He was very excited about it. Not at all. And now we all know. Yeah. So we will keep you posted on the new episode if we hear anything else. But um, getting into other television news, very exciting news on April 1st, April Fool's Day, uh, Spectrum announced a deal that will allow Sportsnet LA to now be on AT&T platforms like DirecTV, UVerse, uh, throughout Southern California, Vegas, my favorite, and Hawaii. Um, huge. Huge. The network launched your first season. I remember um, filming some stuff for Backstage Dodgers when we were on the Australia trip 2014. in 2014. Yeah. yeah. So... That's huge. Although there's no baseball right now. I feel like that is a huge box to check off for Dodger fans. Yeah, I went on Sportsnet and talked about this whole deal with John Hartung and, you know, the irony of finally getting this deal done after how many years now? (laughs) Six years uh, of, you know, a lot of our fan base not getting to watch us play every single night. And uh, now that the baseball season is on pause and there are no games to be watched. Uh, they got the deal done. So it's a great thing. It's a good thing for everyone. It's a good thing for our fans. Um, it's a good thing for uh, baseball to be able to see the Dodgers play every single day. And, you know, I kind of thought about it more. And, um, you know, earlier this year, before all this COVID-19 stuff, we unfortunately – lost a legend in Kobe Bryant. Right. And, uh, I got asked a lot of questions about it and, and whether or not I knew Kobe. And my answer was no, I didn't know him personally, but I felt like I did because, you know, I grew up with him on my TV. I got to watch him play every single game at home. And that's the sad part about our Dodger fans, not getting to watch Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers maybe ever in baseball, at least of our generation uh, kids aren't getting to sit at home and watch him pitch every fifth day because, uh, you know, they didn't have the right cable network. So this is a big deal. It's, it's huge for baseball. It's huge for our organization. And I hope, uh, you know, kids will get to watch their favorite players on a nightly basis and hopefully help grow the game in Southern California, which already is a hotbed for, for baseball players. And to be able to listen to our broadcasters, I know because sometimes people are able to grab – you know, the, the away feed or, or whatever. And it's not that fun always. I mean, it's definitely more fun when you have your announcers on there, especially our announcers. They're incredible. It's way better listening to Joe and Oral and Alana and Nomar and sometimes Jerry. They, uh, they do such a great (laughs) job. Sometimes Jerry. (laughs) the forgotten jerry not the forgotten jerry we love jerry but they're so much they're so much better and and god the the information they give and and the i mean it's it's incredible i i don't obviously get a chance to listen to them all the time because i'm out on the field playing but i do hear like their pre-games and their post-game stuff and and um it is really really uh cool to have that kind of experience you know announce our games i don't know what people are going to tweet now in response to every tweet that 
we write now though because I do know that people would just say I can't watch the Dodgers <laughs> that was kind of the go-to response yeah. to any kind of tweet and I got it I mean I we didn't have the channel for a while and I with the help of a bootleg setup I kind of backdoored my way into getting some Dodger games <laughs> I probably have like an endless amount of viruses on my computer and all of that jazz but I mean, I was right there with everyone. And so, I mean, it was crazy. Like, I feel like I saw more gay, like Mets games on TV when I lived in LA of yours than I was able to see Dodger games. So I was right there um, struggling right along with all the fans. So I couldn't be happier about this. And also um, the the content beyond the games, like backstage Dodgers and all yeah. the the shows that they do and the connected with, they do such a good job. And I've always told, um, you know, the producers and, and everyone from the other shows that it is such a disservice that fans are not able to see that content because I feel like that obviously the games are the games, but they do such a good job with all of that. And, you know, we've filmed some really fun things on there too. And they've highlighted our foundation. And I feel like they're a big reason people knew what we were doing with our foundation. They were able to help us tell those stories on there. So we definitely cherish all of that. Well, it was unfair to them too. You know, they put in all this time and work and energy into, you know, spotlighting players and their families and, and foundations and different things they're doing in the community. Uh, not just, uh, you know, us as baseball players, but us as people. And then, you know, not everyone was getting the opportunity to see that. So uh, it's a good deal that everyone's going to get to experience this now um, there might be a little bit of a downside though, you know, now that everyone gets to watch every single game, uh, you know, if you make an error, if you strike out, uh, you know, you're probably going to get jabbed a little bit more on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Cause people aren't just checking the box score yeah. and seeing that they're actually able to watch everything. Yeah. The good and the bad, right? Yeah. I mean, it's worth it. You got to wear it a few. You know where I think it'll be huge for us, though, seriously, is uh, is in the All Star Game voting. You yes. know, we haven't had a, we have a really good track record. Um, you know, we lead the league in attendance, four million fans every single year, but they don't do the All Star Game voting anymore like they used to, where you you could punch the ballots in your seats. That doesn't happen anymore. It's all online and on your computer, on your phone, whatnot. So I feel like with all of our fans getting to watch us, um, we might have a greater chance to get more guys into the all-star game. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen this year with our all-star game. We're supposed to host it, but it would be really cool if we got a lot of daughters in it. Yeah. Won't have to run another all-star final vote campaign. Maybe we'll get 30 million. <laughs> that was fun though. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff little interesting that they launched it on April Fool's Day. I April think Fool's. People were <laughs> a little in disbelief when the announcement came out, but... That was the first thing I said. I said, hey, guys, you do realize this is... You're announcing this on April Fool's and no one's going to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Well, you taped the segment, I think, the day before. Yeah. yeah. With uh, John Hardung on, on the station. And so you were kind of privy to it. Um, but yeah, that was all of the replies. Yeah, definitely <laughs> exciting, though. It, it's it's good news for everyone. Yeah, but hopefully they can um, start cranking out all the old archived backstage Dodger episodes. Get everyone caught up right now. Yeah, I know they've played a few and they've been doing the, um, what do they call them? The, like the flashback games, but they're yeah. like the... 
where they go fast forward almost. And yeah, then, yeah. The, like the expedited ones. I know they've played a lot of those and some of their, I play, I think they played all the games from every time you guys clinched a division. So I'm sure they'll They're getting get creative. the They're backlog getting creative. of the backstage Dodger episodes to hold everyone over until baseball is back. So yeah, aside from us binge watching Tiger King, all of our stories and backstage Dodger episodes, we've kept ourselves entertained many different ways i know we mentioned we go on how many walks a day i don't know three four, four. five it's supposed to rain the next couple of days so Oof, we had to, it's gonna be tough we had to pack them in i know everyone was like getting their last walk in today it was kind of sad because it's supposed to rain the next couple of days which is going to damper everyone's outdoor activities but don't keep um, everyone inside though yeah as if they need that anymore but yeah we've been cooking organizing working out you've been keeping up with all your workouts and your training. We actually have a new addition to our backyard. I do. I, my, uh, <laughs> my new, my new, uh, it was a fun discovery when I walked out there <laughs> two days ago. So I signed with Easton this year to use their gloves and they reached out to me and said, Hey man, can we do anything for you? Can we send you anything? Like what's going on? And I said, actually, <laughs> You can. <laughs> I don't have anything like baseball wise at my house. So they sent me a big giant like net, catch net. I don't know what you call it. And then a tee and a ball basket. And uh, so now I can go in the backyard and, and take some swings off the tee and throw some balls in the net and try to uh, try to stay in shape, a little bit of baseball shape. It's obviously not hitting batting practice or taking live at bats or running the bases or anything, but at least I get to do a little something to uh, stay in shape during these times where we're not allowed to go to the field or go to the stadium. It's a pretty good setup. I'll have to post the picture I took of it, or maybe you can do like a little. Maybe I'll do a video. A little TikTok for us. I'll do a video. I'll talk about hitting off the tee or something. (laughs) And I think you're just yearning for that baseball interaction because after we finished dinner last night, I went out in the backyard and you're like, all right, get over there. Line up. (laughs) (laughs) You have how many balls did I have? I only have 11 baseballs right now. It makes it tough. So we have 11 baseballs and he said, okay, you have to stand on the other side of the yard. We don't have a big backyard. It's doable for my arm. It's about 40 feet. Tiny weak little arm. Um, (laughs) he said, there's no way you can make six of them into what is it the, like the center red rectangle? What well, do you with call the it? with the net, with the catch net that you can hit balls in the tee. They also sent like one of the red squares, that, so it looks like the strike zone, so you can technically like practice pitching. Okay. So I put that on there, and I I told Court to come outside uh, right after dinner, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, you have eleven balls. There's no way you can throw six through the square." And she did. No, he also said, and I guarantee <laughs> you're going to miss the entire net with at least one of the balls. I, yeah. I thought one was going over the fence into the neighbor's pool. You underestimated me. You were good. My were first good. round was so-so. Second round, I think I I almost got all, I don't know. I don't want to lie. I think I almost got all of them in the strike zone. You were Depending f- on the umpire, I maybe all of them were strike zone. <laughs> To be honest, none of them zoomed True. over the net. And yeah, honestly, pretty good arm. I think you were four out of 11 the first round and like seven, seven out of 11 the second round, which is pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. No, uh, no wild pitch or no. any of that. 
but no. yeah, I can just tell you're like yearning for that interaction with your teammates or it was so fun just grabbing the balls and just <laughs> throwing them as hard as I could into the net, <laughs> just taking out all this pent up frustration of being in the house. So if you want to release some energy or some tension, <laughs> grab some baseballs and throw them against the wall as hard as you can or into a net or something. It, it worked for me. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that'll add a little bit to our thing. We also added a little treat box outside for dogs, which was kind of very like Martha Stewart-y of me. Um, I don't know. We're thinking about our little local businesses that are, you know, within walking distance of our house. And we have a few pet stores and um, I know I mentioned buying gift cards and things like that, but we went in there um, the other day and just bought a ton of dog treats. Yeah. It was kind of fun just grabbing a bunch of bags and then put a few in a basket. I don't trust everyone to put all of them in the basket at once. So I definitely rationed them out, um, put them outside. I also put some potty bags. That's not what Justin likes to call them, but put hey, them outside. Those are <laughs> crucial, man. You yeah. don't realize how many people go out and walk their dogs and forget to bring bags. Yeah. And then what happens? Your dog takes a poop on someone's lawn and you can't pick it up because you forgot a bag. I know. And I like, was that like get off my lawn kind of person? I saw this guy a couple of weeks ago that just totally watched his, it was like a Marmaduke dog. It was one of like those massive dogs. Just go right there um, in front of our yard. And I walked out and just kind of looked at him and I was like, you need a bag? And he was like, you're not my mom. And just like it just started I can't like I believe he said you're not my mom. I don't know. He had a red solo cup in his hand at like 10 a.m. So I don't know his situation, but I'm not his mom. That is true. But I put the bags out there. So maybe if that nice young man walks by, he will take a roll and then not make that same mistake again. But I feel like grab a bag of treats, grab a roll of potty bags and get on your way, help out the businesses. And yeah, a lot of our pet stores are delivering. So I feel like maybe just giving people that reminder of the businesses that are there that maybe they're forgetting about and maybe have them go stock up on some dog treats. I think the coolest part was when we went in the store and we started talking to the guy and we're like, yeah, we want to buy some treats. Six feet away. (laughs) Six feet away. We said, hey, we want to buy some treats and, uh, you know, we're going to, leave them out on our yard so people can walk by and just take them and we'll put a little note and let them know that you're open, you're still here and and you're delivering. And he was like, okay, cool. And kind of like, yeah, I don't, not sure what's going on. And then we just started grabbing handfuls of dog bag treats and like throwing them on the counter. And you can literally just see this guy, like his eyes, he was getting so excited. Yeah. Like, Oh, you do, you do you need some help? Let me grab some of these and some of these. And we're like, yeah, buddy, throw them on there. And we it got was a good variety. Cool. It felt very much like supermarket sweep though, but yeah, the basket's cute. There's it's out there. We had to pull it in tonight cause it started raining, but yeah, we've had, it's actually funny. We have like a little camera. It's, I guess not funny. It's kind of creepy. We have a little camera on our <laughs> front of our house and we caught a few people walking by grabbing the treats and they either do like a fist bump to the air, like, like a air, wave. Air yeah, because obviously they're like, oh, those creeps are in there watching their cameras. But yeah, we caught it on our monitor. A few times. I got <laughs> Which so excited. You, you were watching the camera. I know. It's so exciting though. It's like a thrill. You're like, take it, take it, take it. They have a dog. They have a dog. And then someone like walks by and doesn't grab one. You're like, oh man, they didn't this is take the one. Li- this is the live entertainment. This is the we're sports I house, need. I'm so. like, we're going to start betting on like who's going to take it and like what kind of dog they have. But yes, yeah, we've walked uh, through the neighborhood today and a few people were like, thanks for the treats. Like 
kind of in the distance. So yeah, it's just kind of a fun little thing. We've seen a few things on social media, people doing and, you know, leaving out for people um, to just kind of spread kindness to their neighbors and also help out the businesses, which is definitely in need right now. Um, we also had another form of entertainment come into our lives. We've actually played this game before. I don't know if you guys have played it, but it's called, well, originally it was, you don't know, Jack. It started as a trivia game. I think back when I was in like elementary school on the computer. So it was I like, had never heard of this. Yeah. So it's like a PC version. And then I think it ended up on what was Xbox. it? Xbox. Yeah. Um, where you can play, it's kind of like a current events, like pop culture, random facts, trivia game, but it's fun. It has like the feel of like a live host. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And so a few years ago, they started coming out with these party packs and they're random party games. Um, And you can have, I think normally it's like up to eight people. So my friend Casey had her last day of work at Spotify. She's switching jobs. So congrats to Casey on her storied Spotify career, but she wanted to host kind of a little happy hour. And I suggested doing, um, this Jackbox party pack night. So kind of did a little trial and error and figured out how to stream it on zoom. So if you guys want to do this, it's actually really cool. You can share your screen on zoom. If you download this game, you can get it on the app store. I think that's the easiest way to do it. And you download, I think there's how many, six or seven packs. There's of these. six packs. Yeah. They're like there's 20 four, bucks each. Four or five games in a pack. Yeah. And you obviously can have them forever and like you can play them in person, which is really fun. But obviously right now, this is kind of the closest thing we're going to get to a game night with our friends. So we had a blast. We played for out, like we kind of chatted for a little bit and hung out and all that. And then I was like, okay, should we start this thing? And then we kind of went for hours, I want to say. And we were crying, laughing. Like it felt like we were all together, definitely. So here's the cool part about it is one, only one person has to download it. So if you take your your laptop or whatever and you go on your app store and you download one of the packages, then you open it up and you share your screen to the whole group. And then everyone else who's on Zoom is just watching your screen, which is the main screen, and they only need their phone or their device, like an yeah. iPad or a phone. And then you put in a link, um, jackbox.tv or something like this that. This all sounds very hashtag spawn, and I it's not. We just absolutely adore this game and want to share this knowledge. Seriously, love this game. <laughs> we're actually, I'm, I'm trying to get this set up, and we're going to have a, a couple's jackbox uh, game night with some of the Dodger players in a couple days, I hope. So it we'll, we'll report back. On we'll that. report back on that and see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who has the uh, who the best team is. But um, it's really easy is what I'm trying to get at. It's one person downloads it. Everyone else just needs a phone or an iPad and you can sit and play on on Zoom for all night. It, it's pretty fun. So I could probably sh- stream it on anything where you could do a share. Your yeah, screen, we use Zoom. Yeah. We use Zoom. Courtney put a Tiger King background on her Zoom. I did. You can play around with the background. They have like, I saw the Dodgers posted some and then UCLA posted some of like spots around campus. So I kind of, yeah, I customized it. You got to have fun with it. Got to. I didn't brush my hair or like put on makeup that day. So that was my way of showing up to the party was putting a custom background. So it was a blast. Um, yeah, we'll report back on our next one. All right. It is time to grill Justin on something. 
with talks of this season maybe being shortened and a bunch of ideas floating around for how to make this happen, Justin kind of threw, I guess, his home run derby hat into the ring. Um, I feel like a lot of people misinterpreted it. Obviously, you and I are big fans of like baseball, like old school baseball, like it's America's pastime. You're not trying to change the game. But um, this was, I guess, an idea you had to, I guess, kind of remedy the situation and benefit everyone. So I guess maybe explain that (laughs) and do a better job of everyone's interpretation on social media of it. Well, let me tell you how it all started. We, we have meetings every winter and talk about everything that's going on and, um, you know, different ideas and how we can improve the game, make the game better, keep the game the same. And one of the ideas that the commissioner was floating out was an extra inning, starting with a guy on second base um, which is totally bootleg and I'm totally not for, and it creates so many statistical issues and our game is based on stats and, and how guys perform and, and whatnot. So I, I said in the meeting, I was like, well then if we're going to put a guy in second, why not just have a home run derby? Like <laughs> if you were looking for entertainment and you want to, uh, end the game and, and not have 17 innings, let's just have a home run derby. And everyone kind of laughed and chuckled and then went away. Fast forward to, uh, you know, the season getting suspended um, and not knowing what the start date is and knowing that, you know, there's two things that are important and that's, you know, to play as many games as we can possibly play this season, uh, no matter what time frame we get to play them in and to make sure that we try to keep it safe enough that guys don't get hurt because we're playing too many games in such a short window. So circle back to the home run derby and extra innings. Um, You know, I think it's actually a great idea. I think it's something that will uh, manage the games and keep them 10 innings. Uh, I said, if the game, if you're tied after nine, you play one more inning. So the extra inning is the 10th. And if it's still tied after 10, then you go to a home run derby. And the format of the Derby doesn't really matter. I said uh, three hitters from each team. The coach throws batting practice, just like the All-Star Game Home Run Derby. Uh, You give the hitter either 10 swings or five outs, and whoever hits the most homers wins that game. And I got a bunch of backlash. Oh, why are you changing the game? The game doesn't need to be changed. We love the game. Listen, I don't want to change the game either. Like Court said, we love the game um, we are purists, we are traditionalists, we, nothing needs to be changed about the game. I, I love the way it is, but these are special circumstances in special times and trying to figure out ways to, like I said, play as many games as we possibly can. And this is something that will help protect guys, protect pitchers and ensure that we can play as many games as possible. So that was my idea. Um, I don't know. It got picked up by a bunch of people. Uh, I don't know whether you like it or love it. I think it is something that's going to have to happen. There's going to, even if you put a guy on second base in extra innings, it doesn't mean that he's going to score. You can still play 15, 16, 17 innings, and then it burns out your pitching staff. And, uh, you know, we know that there's going to be a lot of double headers scheduled, pre-scheduled into the season. I don't know if it's going to be one a week or two a week or what that's going to look like. So if you have a game that goes 15 innings 
and you have to use all your pitchers, and then you have a doubleheader the next day, or if that 15-inning game is the first game of the doubleheader, and now you have to play another one after that, it's going to ruin uh, guys' arms. It's going to hurt teams. It's going to it's just going to be a disaster. So they got to find a way. Um, they got to find a way to shorten the games and not not have extra innings. And I I hate the idea of a tie. I don't think anyone wants a tie. Um, I don't think that Very should be training. Yeah, no ties. I, I mean, no one's going to hopefully fans can come to the game and watch us play. But who wants to pay to come to a game to see it end in a tie? I don't think anyone wants to see that. And, you know, we we're trying to create a buzz. We want fans to stick around till the end of the game. Uh, you know, I think fans would love to stick around and for the possibility of seeing a home run derby. Yeah. I think that definitely helps it a lot and hopefully clears up some of the confusion of of that. I think whatever it takes at this point, I think that's kind of the common theme and what everyone wants through all of this is just to see as much baseball as possible, but also, you know, no one risking anything, getting injured and all of that. But I like the idea. I think everyone has to get creative at this point to figure it out because it's obviously a unique situation and there's going to have to be maybe some ideas pun intended coming out of left field <laughs> to <laughs> to try to get this thing going um yeah so thank you for offering your insight hopefully that clears some things up i got for, me all fired up now for I'm those trolls you want to go in the backyard and hit i do i might go take <laughs> some swings right now <laughs> Go on my IG live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, we wanted to try, I wanted to try something new this week um, and get some social media interaction. So going to have a new segment, hopefully that sticks. Maybe call it your turn, Turner, your yeah, turn, your turn, your turn to hold a little court. Um, I was kind of inspired this first one by all the ways that I've been coming up with meals um, with things that are left over so I can avoid having to order more food or making that masked trip to the grocery store. Uh, I think everyone's trying not to do that. So I've come up with some interesting things or had to look up like a lot of substitutions. I know when I was baking last night, I was trying to Google, you know, what I can use for this. So I asked people um, what meals they've made with items that are left over in their pantry and freezer. I don't think I specified during this quarantine but that just made it that much more interesting. Um, got a few responses on our Instagram and Twitter. Someone said, my kids serve me PB and jelly on a cold corn tortilla. I think I would eat that. <laughs> I don't think that. it's that. I don't. Would you want it to be hot? No. I, I, love, I, mean, peanut, I love peanut butter and cold jelly. As, yeah. I don't know. And then, okay, a sandwich with three slices of bread like a Big Mac. I'm listening with ham, bacon, pepperoni, and French fries, like on, uh, on the sandwich or I'm out as on a that. side. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be very productive. after. That's I a lot that of bread. I would need a nap a after that. Um, okay. Brussels sprouts with kielbasa with beans and rice served in a bowl. Now I'm down for that. That's, yeah. that's like going to be in Chipotle in a couple months. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much, yeah, you got your protein, your rice and beans, little Brussels sprouts action. That'd be pretty good. You put a little salsa or something on top, that's that's going to go along. Yeah, that's very exciting. Okay, Trader Joe's cauliflower fried rice with chopped up McNugs. I actually love that she said McNugs because I, ding, ding. well, that's the way to my heart, but I also 
love saying McNugs. Um, if you want to get on, if you want to get on this podcast, just talk about this is chicken where you McNuggets lose me, from though. McDonald's. This right is here. where you lose me. Sweet and sour sauce on top. I, yeah, I mean, not it's in spicy. this situation. I don't know McNugs. I gotta go with that barbecue sauce. It's so good. Or spicy. You like spicy. The buff- like sour. Yeah, the buffalo McDonald. It's okay. The barbecue sauce is just unbelievable. I mean, Chick Fil A sauce tops all, but. I can also tell when they change their sauce too. They think they're pulling a fast one, but I can tell you probably the year that every fast food place has changed their barbecue sauce. I'll tell you this. Courtney orders five or six different sauces when she gets her McNuggets and sweet and sour sauce is not one of them. It's so. not. Okay. Okay. My friend Kim said garlic bread, but using English muffins. And now it's the only way she makes garlic bread. So I love that you know, something genius came out of her experiment. That actually sounds really good. That does sound good. I'm not mad at that. I'm always down for garlic bread. Okay. Philly cheesesteak casserole, AKA we had no rolls for the sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that goes down. That was Matt and Stacy. So maybe we can ask him more about that. So it's just (laughs) the meat, just the cheesesteak and the, like, are you putting cheese whiz and meat in a Pyrex? Like we are going to have to, I should have asked for more information. On that one. That I might be out on that one too. <laughs> um, ham, lunch meat, and a quesadilla. So a ham and cheese quesadilla? That sounds great. A ham and cheese quesadilla? That's like normal. What's wrong with that? Yeah. So when they, this was actually my sister, and she said that. <laughs> no, she said that her boyfriend, Steve, said this was like his meal, like his meal growing up. Like it was the norm and that she was the one that was weird for thinking it was obscure. So I think I'm, it sounds great. I don't, I'm down for that, Steve. But when have you had a ham and ham and cheese quesadilla? Well, I don't eat cheese anymore because I'm dairy free. Okay, a dia but. vegan <laughs> quesadilla. But I mean, what's the difference between like a ham and cheese omelet or, or something? Like it's But an omelet thing. doesn't have a tortilla. Okay, what's the difference between a ham and cheese sandwich or a ham and cheese omelet or a ham and cheese quesadilla? They're all the same. It's just what you... Put them in, right? Okay, well then Eggs, that brings me back bread, to our PB and J on a tortilla. I said I was down for that. Okay, but not I don't everyone... have an issue with that. Okay, and our <laughs> grand finale. <laughs> this one's great. Oh my goodness! Souvenir penis pasta that my sister gave me. I actually did a little research because I am a little investigator and I like to get my facts wait, straight. Your sister? Wait, that your sister? No, this okay. was submitted. Um, from Casey on Instagram. Okay. That her sister Lindsay got her. So, my friend Lindsay, I'm. I, I'll admit that I know these people that that consume the penis pasta. I have no shame. <laughs> it's fine. But I did research this online, and it is actually titled. I'm not mad at this. Weenie linguini pecker. Pasta. I feel like I just saw, I said that as if I was solving a Wheel of Fortune puzzle because I didn't <laughs> want to say anything wrong. You've been on it. You've been on that before. That'd be a good topic on this show, by the way. For another time, baby. For another um, time. That's funny. I guess you can get in Italy. I, we, I didn't see this in Italy. We, we, we saw did not a lot see of this like David shorts where you, you might've picked up a pair of like Statue underwear, of David, underwear where you can like yeah. have his little stone package out on display. <laughs> Um, this is funny. I actually, she sent me a picture, so I'm going to post it on our Wait, weenie, social media. <laughs> weenie linguine pecker pasta. Yeah. 
It didn't look like linguine though. It was more like when they make like spaghettios had like those limited edition shapes or it'd be like Garfield spaghettios back in the day, but just in the shape. Of, and it was very, it was a very colorful variety. Hold on. Can you say that four times fast? I'm not going to do that. Come on. I did it. I said it nice the first time. You want me to say it slower for you? <laughs> no, I, I want to hear <laughs> you say it four your, times fast. And look that's into your like eyes a, while I say that's it. To, that's hard to say. Honestly, this whole segment gave me faith in humanity. I feel like this creativity, we can get through anything. If people are willing to eat weenie linguine and PB&Js on a tortilla, I feel good about this. People are really digging deep, pulling themselves up by their bootstraps right now and just getting through this thing. Are you going to volunteer your meal that you made? The sausage and we talked about it last week oh did we yeah it was it wasn't that strange it was kind of just it like a scramble so you want me to make it again i think that's why you keep bringing it up i don't think you know how to make it again because you literally <laughs> just threw a bunch of stuff no, in the i took a picture i take a picture of all my meals i don't know where they're going one day i'm gonna put them on a vision board yes. or something but no it was like spinach sausage corn onions beans, onions oh, you normally aren't an onion fan but they were good that night it was good. I feel like, yeah, I feel good about this creativity. Everyone's just blowing me away. And I like this. I think we'll continue with the with the your turn. But for now, I think we should wrap this baby up. Um, next week, maybe we'll have another guest for you. Uh, we'll keep you posted on all things quarantine. Any updates we have? Anything? Yeah, just a... Uh I wasn't here for it, but a special thank you to Caitlin for being your first guest. She was awesome. Yes. Glad she shared all of her experiences at the Dream yes. Center with you guys. Caitlin was the best. Um, yeah, it was nice to have her kind of explain um, what's going on there since we obviously aren't there day in and day out to see that whole operation. So, yeah, I think we're going to let the jingle take us out of here. Thank you guys for listening and see you next week. See ya. Bum 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 b